This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 88. Sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, YouBuyNow.com, and the Netflix. Hello, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 88. I'm Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. And unfortunately, Josh is taking a vacation, so... Um, he's, he's far he's, from internet service. I, I hope he's enjoying himself. So, uh, anyway, uh, so for those of you who are old listeners, this is old news to you, but for our new listeners, this is the iFanboy uh, Pick of the Week podcast, where we talk about comics. At iFanboy.com, uh, we love the comics, and we read them, and then we every week on Wednesday, we pick uh, uh, the best comic that came out this week and write a review about it, and then we come here and we discuss it. Um, but before we get uh, further into the show, we just want to quickly want to remind everybody that we're going to talk about what happened in the comics. So if you haven't read your comics yet for the, this week in July, first week of July, um, I would stop now. Spoilers! Exactly. Um, and then come back and listen later. Um, but if you already read your books, you know, come join us on a wonderful magical mystery tour of comics. Aww. So, uh, so this week uh, uh, Connor had the pick, and uh, he went a little patriotic on us, unfortunately. Yeah, this week the pick of the week was Fallen Sun, the death of Captain America, Iron Man, which is the final issue of this much beleaguered miniseries. God, finally, what is which, it? July? Yeah, it it took. Um, when did he die? 
February. Uh, February, yeah. Yeah, it took them from February to July to do five issues. Something that was supposed to take only, uh, I was, I think, it was month, supposed to be, yeah, months, months. Right? Yeah. Um, just a disaster logistically. It totally screwed up the Captain America book because these are supposed to come out before Captain America twenty six came out, twenty seven came out, and now that we're finally done. So much so that this issue, on the, in very small print, by the way, and I just noticed it. It said, yeah. uh, you know, note this story takes place before the events of Captain America number 26. Right. And considering Captain America number 26 was so delayed as it was, that's saying something. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Just so. another logistical problem at Marvel, which is so, much they're having a lot lately. But. So that said, why, why did you pick it? That said, lateness aside, this issue was, was, was moving. Yes. You know, in a way that... Um, you know, Captain America died in February, and I've sort of gotten used to the fact that he's dead, and there's a world without Captain America, and I've gotten used to the Marvel Universe, and now this one brought it all back to being like, damn, he's dead, you know? Yep. That sucks. It was, it, this was the funeral issue, where they, they, um, Tony Stark and the government throw Captain America a state funeral at Arlington National Cemetery, which is where they bury all the war veterans and heroes and things, if you don't, you know, from the United States. That's where the official cemetery is, and and they gave him the per- the presidential send off too. Yeah, with with the lone horse bringing him down yeah. down um, what's the street? Uh, whatever. whatever the street. Uh, and um, you know it's full of dignitaries and and all the superheroes are there, and you know there's it's it's basically one big issue full of eulogies for Captain America, which was hinted at in 26, and we thought we'd never see them, but actually we were supposed to have seen them before 26, we just never did. Tony Stark tries to give his little speech, but he's too overcome with emotion, which, depending on how you feel about Tony Stark, is either a good or a bad thing. Um, <laughs> it's either genuine or it's phony. And uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is capsule buddy, and he gives the big, stirring, emotional speech that carries us through 80% of this issue. Um, and I thought it was really good. There was a lot of hype to live up to in Captain America. Everybody was talking about it. Uh, the characters were all... We're all congratulating Sam on a great eulogy, and, and it was a lot of hype to live up to. And I thought it did a good job. What did you think? Um, no, I thought I honestly, I thought the I thought this whole issue was great. Um, I thought the the Falcon's eulogy was amazing. Uh, the the way to reflect on Cap's career and life and how it affected and touched everybody, and the the method he used to, to involve everyone in that. Were and I knew I saw it coming as soon as he started doing it. But I knew that you know he's asking you know those who fought with him in World War II to stand up, and those he saved in World War II stand up, and those who fought with him as heroes stand up, and eventually the entire crowd in Washington D.C. is standing because it just shows how many people that that this one man had touched. Um, that was apparently based on the eulogy that Jeff Loeb gave his son. Oh, really? Apparently, he did the he did very something very similar. Yeah. At his um, it but worked. the form yeah, it was really emotional. And the format yeah. was every time Sam would tell a group to stand up, then the next page you turn it'd be a full page splash of yep. something representing that era. And this is a good time to mention the art by John Cassidy, which was just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, you, I think you said it in your review that Cassidy is possibly the best current penciler going out there, and I, I thoroughly agree that it's just beautiful. Yeah, and just, it was just it, you know you had you had all the different eras of Cap. You had uh, Cap fighting Nazis, Cap in the war, Cap liberating a concentration camp, Cap with you know the Avengers. It just it was like Cap with Falcon. It, it was it was a nice tour through the life of Captain America, and the, the double page spl- splashes were just beautiful and. There was this one amazing double-page shot of the whole funeral where they're all revealed to be standing up, and it's just, yep. it's there's a, it's just perspective going on for miles, and there's like a million heads in there, and I remember looking at the, that double-page spread and thinking that John Cassidy was crazy, yeah, for drawing, <laughs> for drawing all those people. But yeah. um, also, Laura Martin's colors were really great in this because the actual funeral scenes are all sort of washed out and gray. It's raining, and yeah, and then you had these vibrant. 
uh, one-page splashes for the, the the flashbacks are really brightly colored. Yeah, you know, were... primary color Captain America Adventures, and then the um, funeral itself is very gray and somber, and it's just beautifully done. Um, a great capper because uh, the miniseries was was rocky in terms of quality, but this was this was a really strong send off. This is a great way to go off. Um, yeah, it was really good. But um, that said, it doesn't you know what would it be without nitpicks? Uh, <laughs> well, before well, no. you nitpick, the, just the very end was was the real funeral for Cap, which is when they um, the original Avengers who are still a little left, uh, Tony and Ant Man and Wasp put Cap in a casket and send him back down into the uh, Arctic where from which they found him. And Namor. Well, yeah. name more shows because he yeah. found Cap originally, but I thought that was a nice little uh, symmetri- symmetrical ending for Cap. Well, that's the thing. Do you think that's the? Do you think that? I mean, I mean, you assume he's dead. I mean, but do you think that's the the hook to bring him back? Is that he gets un uniced and then somehow brought back? <laughs> Who <laughs> like, knows? Just, There's gonna be yeah. a way, and you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I thought it, I mean, it, was, it was a fitting way to put him back in ice, and and. Yeah. All right, so rip it apart, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Well, not to rip it apart, but okay. So, so uh, nitpick number one is just on the schedule and the production of this book. Great idea. Um, the the talk about the references to Falcon's speech in in issue twenty six made no sense at the time, right. and now they completely make sense. And the scheduling, unfortunately, completely made it awkward and worked against it. I think. Um, I Absolutely. Think that, yeah. So I mean, that's just that's just really kind of disappointing. Um, Number two, while I love the, I, I love the, I, I like the concept, and I didn't so much of the five stages of grief and grief, and I didn't really like the the execution of this, the hammering over our heads. The more I read this, and especially this issue, is that I feel as if this issue should have been Captain America number twenty six. Right. Um, and if and you know, and you could have done these five stages of grief in the pages of Captain America. And I still think it would have worked out. Of course, well, I don't know that. I don't. I don't yeah. get a feeling that that Brubaker wanted to tell right. that story. Well, though. that goes against what Brubaker is doing with the book and everything like that, right? And that, and then, then the question then becomes, what's more important? What Brubaker's plan for the book is versus what, what the plan for the company and their flagship, one of their flagship characters is. You know, that gets right. I mean, why can't you have both? Why can't you have Brubaker's story and also this on the side? Well, you could just put this on the side out on time. You know, I well, mean, that, the yeah. on time thing really screwed yeah. them. Um, and then just other uh, a couple other little nitpicks. Um, the having some heroes in costume and some heroes not threw me off. Like, with, uh, and I first noticed it on that on that second page um, when the pallbearers were bringing them out, and there's Black Panther and Ms. Marvel like in costume, but like Tony and Falcon and Thing and you know not. Um, well, and the, I, I, I understand. I, I understand some heroes are still have you know still have um, secret identities and stuff like that. But even like the the voiceover of the of the person you know the narrator the the press is saying you know and Carol Danvers Ms. Marvel you know like why is she in well, costume? because it's you know. like her military uniform. Yeah, you know you what, go to you go to yeah. a funeral in your full military dress. She's a she's now a government soldier and that's her uniform. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, the that Fantastic just, Four that, is that not. Just, they wear the suits. Right. Right, that took me out of it a little. Then also in the crowd amongst the costume heroes are the Young Avengers, which I thought was great, but aren't they still on the run? Like the the um, I know some of them registered, but some of them didn't, and some of the ones that didn't are in the are in the crowd. I don't know. I don't read yeah. any of the books so, that appear. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's a, that's the thing. Like Sentinel, you know, he didn't register. I mean, he's still, he's still running with Luke Cage and everybody. But was and that before or after? You know what I mean? Did, this is well, no. This is this is. I mean, after all the death and everything, he didn't register. Yeah, so. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't read those books, so I didn't notice that stuff. But you know. Yeah, I mean, those are just little things I noticed. But but those, like I said, those are just nitpicks. All in all, the book was the book was just great. It was just really really good. And really, the only thing the only thing again, the, the execution was great. The writing was great. The art was great. The only thing I just against it is the timing. That was it. Yep. Yeah, so. Cassidy draws a, a mighty fine book. Yeah. Just every, I mean, every panel was just amazing. And what's great was he got to he got to basically hit 
all the major characters. You yeah. Know, how often do you get to see one of the top-notch guys drawing everybody? Yep. Yeah. And basically, besides the X-Men, he got basically every major Marvel character in this book. Yeah. And he's drawing X-Men over in Astonishing, so he's pretty much covered now. So he's got everyone. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, no, but I thought it was I thought it was really good. You know, I thought yep. it, I mean, it, and it was good. This is a good way to end this whole thing, and now we can just move on. And the great thing is, that Fallen Sun Iron Man. If you didn't, you don't need to have bought all these books. If you just want to get, you know, buy one, yeah, this was easily the best one. This one, this one's a nice transition. If you're a Cap reader and not a Fallen Sun reader, this is a good one to pick up. Yeah, and I don't even think you needed to read the entire series to read any of them, honestly. Yeah, well, um, true. I think they're, they're all pretty much standalone stories from a different point of view. Uh, right, well, there's, there's, there's the collector yeah. gene that makes you want to collect all of them, but you don't but, need to. Yeah, but this this one was most, um, I think, most accessible and most, you know, I think the, the most necessary of them all. You know? Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. So um, this this is shaping up. 2007 is, is beginning the summer of Green Arrow. Yeah, apparently it is, which I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah, with uh, the big wrap-up of the series, Green Arrow, The Marriage coming up, the Green Arrow Year Ones coming out next week. And this week we have Black Canary number one, her, the, the miniseries um, from Tom Bedard and uh, uh, Paolo... Paolo Tony, C- Tony Bedard. I'm sorry, Tony Bedard and yeah. uh, Paolo Segarra. Yep. Uh, did you pick this up, Ron? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Yep. What did you think? Um, I really liked it, actually. I thought it was. I, I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, it was. It was a fun romp. Um, I guess apparently Black Canary hasn't accepted the proposal yet. Um, apparently not. Know. She she didn't give him an answer. Apparently she, she should check the diamond solicitations. Yeah, she should check check yeah. all the solicitations because she's already got a wedding planning book scheduled and a, and the marriage book, so she should you know coordinate with her schedule. Oh, but no. uh, surprise ruined. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but so I guess this issue is kind of a miniseries. I didn't know she has a daughter now. Well, here's the thing: I really enjoyed this issue, and it was a fun romp, and the writing was yeah. good, and the art was kind of on the it was kind of on the cheesecake line, but it was not. No, I enjoyed cheesecake. it. I didn't, think, I didn't think there was any. I didn't have no, any problems it, with it. Oh. it was it was good. It was it was straddling the line. You know, one more step forward, it would have been too cheesecakey. But um, what do you mean by cheesecake? Well, there's just a lot of her and her underwear and her. You know. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was a little Adam Hughesy at times. I could see that, but um. But I don't know. But, I, didn't have, but, I didn't have a problem with it. But, basically, yeah. this is um, in the Birds of Prey book. Uh, she, Black Canary was being trained to be this in a League of Assassin assassin. She basically uh, Black Canary the, was. That was the yeah. That was the one year later swap. But she she was swapped places with Lady Shiva. Lady Shiva being the ultimate Shiva? assassin. Shiva. Yeah. And uh, she was t- training to take her place. She met this little girl who was also being trained and decided she didn't want to be an assassin. She wanted to save this girl, so she took the girl with her from the tr- uh, League of Assassins, and now. She's got this adopted daughter. The classic tale. I hated that storyline. Yeah. That was one of the well, that was one of the stupidest Birds of Prey storylines in years, and I was not thrilled to see the daughter sin in this book. Um, but uh, it was fun. I mean, I, I put that aside. I said I just have to go with it, and it was it was, it was it's, it's fun. Well, here's it was a question. Little, here's a question. Yeah. What is, what is the Black Canary's current team affiliation? She's well. She's the leader of the Justice League. Oh, I see. Okay, and yet she's um, she has a toddler that, and they're traveling the country by motorcycle. Well, that's that's the comic book conceit, you know. The, yeah, the know. characters in the team book are never. There's never enough time to be everywhere, and you know. I know. I know. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I I was kind of I was kind of throwing it back to the kind of the cheesy PG movie of of you know saving the daughter, kind of you know saving the girl kind of thing. But um, I thought that was balanced with the great flashback to early Silver Age Justice League stuff. Um, yep. Free goatee, Green Arrow, and and we see the the origin of his um of his rivalry. Is that Merlin? Is that who it is? Yeah. 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 Um. The 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 evil archer, and yep. um. 
and yeah, and and I mean, and I, I assume that through through this, I, I assume that the 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 the, uh, the gist of this is going to be whatever challenge she has to deal with with this guy wanting revenge on Green Arrow makes her realize that she wants to marry him, and we get the her. Yeah. Um, I'm, I can predict right now the last issue will be her um, will be her accepting the proposal. So right, well, but that's, uh, but yeah, I'll buy it. I'll I'll go through. The, what I really liked was uh, towards the end is that so apparently her um, she she has an ex husband out there from back when she was in college, and he makes a reappearance in her life, and it turns out she's he's working with um, the, the Merlin guy who wants revenge on Green Arrow, and apparently he has an entire office of all Green Arrow memorabilia. Talk about obsession! Jeez. Yeah, and what I thoroughly liked is on his shelf behind his desk is the is the Speedies on heroin cover. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it was like, oh nice, that was a nice touch. <laughs> well, was he there taking a picture? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, but if, if you're if you're into the whole Green Arrow thing, this is a nice little addition to the whole world of the adventure of of it all. And they're really she's a fun character. She's a good character. They're really fleshing out the world of Green Arrow, aren't they? Uh, they're making a push for it, and I love it because he's yeah, one of my favorites. I'm cool whole, with it. So. Uh, Outsiders forty nine, which was the conclusion to the Checkmate Outsiders <laughs> crossover, which was fantastic. Yep. Um, this was very nearly the pick of the week. Uh, really? I mean, it, yeah. this this whole crossover was great, but I thought this kind of ended kind of neatly. Well, they tend to, but it, yeah, it, it was it it kind of wrapped up in in two, in two pages. Yeah, but it's it's less about that. It's more about the 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 emotion of um, this woman who got mutilated by the big egg dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, the last woman that Batman's loved. And he had to find her and, you know, deal with right. that. But you, didn't, the... you, didn't, you didn't feel a little deflated by the fact that, that all you saw was Batman telling the rest of the Outsiders where to go, and then you see this whole Nightwing and, and Boomerang fighting their way through trying to get to her, and then you turn the page and it's Batman, the egg guy's gone and Batman's got Sasha, and he's just like, he's gone. Like, there was no, there was no, there was no conflict resolution, you know? Like, it just, it just happened. Right. Well, no, I wasn't because that's 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 the classic thing. The villain escapes, and you you save you know the person who needs to be saved, and then you but the I villain escapes know, to, to fight another day. I don't even know why the villain escaped though. I didn't. I didn't get the sense that the villain knew they were coming. I don't know. I just. I just he had to. They were being attacked by the whole army of. Well, they were being attacked by people. little ro- yeah by little robot guys. But I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess he knew that they were coming for him and 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 turned tail real quickly. But there was no explanation of it. It was just like, did Batman fight him? Like, because the room was all wrecked. Like did Batman take him out? Like I don't know. It was just it was just Batman just says he's gone, you know. Like I I, I just I just thought it just ended far too quickly. That's all. So it's possible I can yeah. see that. Yeah. So this, but, this is but, leading into the transition of the next the phase of the book, which is Batman and the Outsiders. Which 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 might very well get me reading the Outsiders. Talk about like the end got me. I was like, ooh, that's that sounds like it's gonna be good. Yeah, so, it does. So, but Nightwing, you can tell Batman's pissed off. Yeah, Nightwing steps down as the leader of the Outsiders, right? Yeah, he he's not comfortable with the direction of the team. They're not really a family. He's, you know, he's a, he's a Teen Titans guy. He's a family. He likes to have the family around and the team be all chummy. He doesn't like the work. Yeah, he doesn't like to, to be a team full of cold-hearted soldiers. And well, he I mean he said it there. He said that when when Roy or Speedy or Red Arrow now form the team, he said this wouldn't be about friends or family. It would be about the job. It would be about the work. You know, right? And, he doesn't and, want that. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, and so and it will harken back to the seventies with Batman and the Outsiders, right? The seventies or eighties when when that was what the book originally was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was in the eighties, Jim Aparo. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a good time. No, I thought that this was this was a lot of fun. This book was a blast. I, 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 this count this crossover was was just you know well really well done from top to bottom, right. writing art wise. Um, Greg Ruck and Jeff Winnick, J- Judd Winnick should write together more often. Yeah, but what I don't understand was the cover. 
Because you had Batman holding a T-sphere with the reflection of the outsiders looking into it. Well, it's, it's, it's Batman's holding the T-sphere, which is representing oh, the, the leader of the checkmate. Yeah, I understand. I know. I, 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 understand, I understand the composition. I understand how it related to the, to the story. That's all. So. Well, it's, just, it's not really. It's just symbolic. <laughs> yeah, you, could, you, could, you, could, you could take it as symbolic of Batman holding the whole team in his hand. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But, um, um, and, then, of course, we had the little conflict of Mr. Terrific and, and, and uh, what's-her-face, the Holler woman. Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller, yeah, that's it, fighting over the politics stuff, you know, so the little, little checkmate, you know, you know, back office politics happening in Outsiders, which is neat, which is... God, I hope, I hope checkmate continues. Oh, yeah, well, is it any threat? Are we aware of it being any danger? The sales are really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, how, just how grisly did Sasha look? Like, he did a number on her, didn't he? It looked like she was missing a couple limbs and... Yeah. Bad news. Yeah, bad news. I wonder how they're gonna. She's gonna recover from that. Nanites. Nanites. That's the that's nanotechnology. The, the, the 21st century comic book solution. Just the nanites took care of it. That's all. So. <laughs> a couple of nanites should be good to do in a week. Yeah. So um. So before the show, you were asking me what my pick of the week um would have been. Yeah. It, it probably would have been Countdown 43. Now that I think about it. Um. It, it was close. It was a weird week of two funerals. Yes, yeah, which was two in, in the major comics, too. Um, yeah. we, we haven't talked about Countdown in a while, but I really, really – I'm not even reading every book in the DC Universe, and I'm really liking the way that Countdown is intermixing with the other books um, in a crossover style but not a, not a necessary cross, crossover style. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I, I, I you're, you're probably better judge than I am because I'm reading most of them. So you, yeah. you have no problem following this without the other books. Yeah, I've, I've had no problem at all. And in fact, it's, it's helping me kind of keep tabs on what's happening in the other books. And like, and maybe it's actually a good way of keeping your toe in the DCU without having to buy anything. Yeah, which is which is something that I never even thought of. But um, you know, I, me being a Flash fan, I'm well aware of the contents of what the main you know plot of this book is. It's basically covering the funeral of Bart Allen, um, which is just, which is immensely huge <laughs> to the degree yeah. where it actually made me wonder like <laughs> like I know the Flash is a big deal in Keystone and Central City and I know that Bart was love but like this is a huge turnout like this is stadium like, seating there's like 50,000 people at the funeral like didn't Wally die like I know I know they didn't they didn't have a funeral for Wally because they, they knew he'd be back but like right. could you say the same for all for Bart too I mean like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a bit big, especially for somebody who's only was only Flash for for a week, <laughs> like a, a year in comics time. What is that? Yeah, a year yeah, in yeah. comics time. Yeah, which, so, but it, um, it was touch. It was touching though. It was good. It was again. There was some really good eulogies. The whole um, playing of Bart's final videotape. Yeah, uh, was 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 nice. Just, and yeah, uh, I don't want. I I don't like to to nitpick the countdown because knowing Fifty Two, or at least the the style of a Fifty Two part book things get revealed much later on right so i don't like to say why is this happening because it may ha- maybe revealed later but uh, the pied piper and trickster two of the characters in countdown we're following and they're secretly at the funeral paying their respects to bart and trickster says i'm upset the kid's dead i swear to god i am yeah i went back to flash to make sure he was one of the people to beat him to death yeah no you know and i think the he knows P- that piper wasn't piper wasn't there but but Trickster did beat him to death. No, but he but he said but he, before that he says we shouldn't be here. Every damn one of them hates us. We're gonna get caught. And then and, right, and but they freak out when when Wonder Girl goes crazy with saying how what they're gonna do to the people who did this. And that's when they panic and start running. You know, like I don't. I don't right, but I mean, it's like you know, how much guilt is he feeling? He's one of the guys that pummeled him to death. You know. Right. Yeah. True. Well, there's also the the criminals often return like arsonists go watch the building burn. Right. Well, yeah, but that's usually not yeah. remorse. It's usually 
yeah. creepy sexual fire thing. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't that confusing to me that they were there. I mean, it, it made, especially with those two characters, you know, because I, right. I feel as if they didn't want, they, they're not killers, you know. Like they kind of got caught up with the rest of the rogues, and I think that well, they. Pied Piper wasn't there. I looked. I, I went oh, back and looked. He, yeah. he he had, he was not involved in the beatdown. Beat yeah. Okay. Um, but you had the whole funeral scene. Then you had a little bit of Jason Todd and Wonder Girl. Uh, I still call her Wonder Girl. Tro- Troya, Donna Troy. Yeah. And um, and the monitor who's helping them. And then you had a little bit of Holly Robinson. Um, and now Harley Quinn on the Amazon. Yeah, Amazonian that was interesting. Island. I thought. Yeah. Um. Now, real quickly before we gloss over it, I feel as if. The monitor, the Jason Todd, Donna Troy monitor team is that's happening a little fast for me. Yeah, that is. You know, like I, almost to the point where I want to go back and read the previous week to see if I just kind of glossed over those scenes. If I didn't, you know, like I just felt as if Donna accepted Jason far too quickly, you know, and like and now they're like this whole team working together. I didn't really, you know, I thought that was moving very fast for me. Um, right. And the the Holly Robinson thing, I have no idea what what's up with that. So I'm just kind of I don't even know who she is. So. Well, she's she's Catwoman's sidekick. Oh, okay. Well, I figured it'll be revealed sooner or later. Yeah, um, yeah. What I'm interested in is the is the monarch. Right. Uh, monarch Adam. was the villain in another thing in the '90s, right? Armageddon 2001, which right. was in 1991. And who is Monarch supposed to be? Am I supposed to know who this person is? Well, Monarch here is Captain Adam. Okay. Even though his skin is colored wrong. Should Interesting. Be so oh, this... no, he's gold, isn't he? Isn't he gold? So this Monarch well, is Captain Adam. Now. Well, Monarch back in ninety one was supposed to be Captain Adam originally. Okay. The big it was a, the big event was right. that one of the heroes went bad and in the future killed everyone, and the whole summer long event was who was going to be the killer and turned out it was going to be Captain Adam. And somehow in the pre internet days it, it was leaked out, so they quickly changed it to be Hawk from Hawk and Dove. Right. And so is the other and, question is is this still Hawk? No, and that and then like all the, many years later they finally rectified it. Captain Adam is now is now Monarch. And I forget how that happened, but, but he's this the, but this I mean it looks like he just has has peach colored skin. Like it doesn't look like Captain I think Adam. actually it's supposed to be gold. Remember in that Captain Adam miniseries we read? The yeah, Wild and he's in the bleed too. Skin? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it it is Captain Adam. Yeah. I know. I'm sure it'll be revealed. Uh, it just was. Still... But he's 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 got his his Emperor Palpatine moment with the uh, whole. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, that was that was straight out of episode two or episode three, episode two. Yeah. yeah. So. so so Monarch is, is massing some huge army for what purpose we don't know yet, yeah. and um, Donna Troy and Jason Todd are searching for the Atom, Ray Palmer, and uh, yeah. for some reason, and then um, I think this is this is this this series is chugging along nicely. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's a different feel in Fifty Two. It's not the same. People keep wanting to compare it. The only comparable thing is that it's a weekly series that's Fifty Two parts. But other than that, it's not. I mean, honestly, style. I like honestly Fifty Two. If you ask me, was was a was a if a weekly story plucked it out of continuity and Countdown is the weekly story thrust into continuity, and yeah. that can be really dicey. But I think they're doing a good job at it. So. I don't know. So far, they're on. They're on track. Um, yeah, but if you, um, yeah, but if you, if you're still curious about Countdown, you don't need to be reading everything. I'm having a good time doing it, you know, and it all works out. Um, so that's that's just me. And I wanted to quickly mention, um, quite famously on this podcast and on the website, everyone knows that I feel like Nightwing is a book that has been for many years very subpar. Yep. Um, and I've been sort of collecting it out of loyalty and inertia. Yep. You know, and. I have to admit, issue thirty one thirty four came out this week. Issue one thirty three, one thirty four have been actually quite fun. Oh, cool! Um, it's 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 a dramatic turnaround for Nightwing, and I'm really happy. Um, I don't know what it is or what happened because previously the Marvel Wolfman stories were were sort of way too throwbacky for me, but this has been a fun tale. Um, 
the art from Jamal Ingle's really good, and and it's just I'm I'm really happy because it's it's not great again, and it's not really good again, but it's starting to turn the corner of being fun and entertaining and not horribly throwbackish. So anyone who I know a lot of people on our website ask about Nightwing. In fact, somebody just started a discussion about it today. But um, this is if you if you're if you if you dropped off of Nightwing because you didn't like the stories in the last few years. Uh, 133, 134, a good place to jump back on because it's, it's been good. Excellent. Very cool. Well, um, if you wanted to jump back on Nightwing, uh, you could do that by heading over to Jim Hanley's Universe. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Hanley's Universe is one of uh, America's best and most progressive comic book stores, actually, uh, based in, at a New York City um, with two locations. Uh, Jim Hanley's offers the best selection of comics titles and related merchandise. they got everything from mainstream comics to manga to minis to indies to everything you might like. Um, Jim Hanley's Universe has it all. So next time you're in New York City, go visit the place where art and literature meet, Jim Hanley's Universe. They've got two locations. Uh, Jim Hanley's Universe in uh, Manhattan is opposite the Empire State Building on 33rd Street, and they've got one on Staten Island at uh, 325 New York Lane. And you can also check them out online. Uh, you go to their website at uh, www.jhuniverse.com, or you can head over to their MySpace page at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe, all spelled one block together. So be their friend on MySpace. Yeah, be, yeah, definitely be their friend on MySpace because they're they're one of the better comic book stores out there. They're a lot of good people. So. Uh, and if you head into the store, tell them my fanboy sent you. Exactly. So a couple of quick, couple of quick hit books. Uh, we want to get out of the way. Um, this this week, the first two books I read were Jonah Hex Twenty One and Scalped, um, number seven. Yeah, I thought you and, dropped Scalp. Scalped. No, that was Josh. Josh dropped. Oh, uh, okay. I had to literally after reading these two books stop reading comics, and sit for half an hour. Why? Because these were two of the grisliest books <laughs> in a while. I read them back to back, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm depressed. Yeah. Oh. They were great comics, you know, but it's just back to back. There was, like, horrible torture in both of them. And, oh and, my and, god. And ironically, there was a scalping in Jonah Hex, but not in Scalp. There was, <laughs> there was uh, you know, sexual assault and just, and just awfulness. Oh. Awful, awful humanness, but that's the appeal of these books, and they're not. It doesn't glorify it. It's not like uh, reveling in it in a sadomasochistic way. It's just very, very open about the horrible things that people do to each other. And, and well, I, I, and, I mean, of uh, course, I know how good Jonah Hex is from hearing you guys talk about it. But I've, I've been hearing more and more good things about Scalped. Um, Scalped so. is a really good Jason Aaron, R.M. Guerra. It's a, it's a Vertigo book, and this issue is told from the point of view of the main villain. Yeah. It's really, you know, one of those humanized bad guy issues, and it was actually really, really well done, and I'm loving Scalp. Awesome. And cool. just to say, just to save you the indignity, I didn't pick Jonah Hex as my pick of the week, which it almost was too. Oh, well, no, I would have been cool. That's I didn't fine. want to have to have you talk about Cowboys for... Uh, I, can, I can talk about Cowboys. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about Cowboys. So, like, were they in leather or more of a... Du- there, was a lot of ch- there was chaps. Chaps. It's interesting. So not, not really gingham or dungarees. There was a lot of no, chaps. but there yeah. There was a guy in in mid scalp who got the scalping got interrupted and the guy held on to the guy's scalp and it ripped away and it was oh, oh god why yeah I literally had to stop and go oh my god <laughs> take a break oh. someone get me Nightwing all right <laughs> well I'm glad that you got your little cowboy I fix. didn't I didn't pick up Wolfman number two though so oh, how, did, how did that interesting. go I, um yeah I got I picked up I saw it was funny because earlier this week I, I think I, I asked both you and Josh I was like remember Wolfman yes remember that book yeah the big the Kirkman's new book that launched a free comic book day. Well, luckily enough, issue number two finally came out this week, and so I picked it up because I was I was I enjoyed the first issue, the astounding Wolfman, 
and I was curious about it. And my biggest, com- uh, if you recall, my biggest complaint in the first one was that it would move very quickly. Right. Yes. Um, well, that momentum did not stop in this issue. Remember the, the, the last issue ended off with a big cliffhanger that there's some guy who's like, I know who you are and I can help you. The government, um, uh, the, the daddy character. Well, yeah, the daddy character turned out to be a vampire. And the book picks up three weeks later after they've been training every night for the past three weeks. And now he's got a handle on his powers and he knows how to change and become the Wolfman. And so he goes out and he goes to the guy who does Invincible's costume and gets a costume. And oh, it's the same universe, right? I yeah. think it's the same universe. It reminds gotta be if, it, if it's the same guy in the costume. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I think it is. I've got to go back and look at Invincible to see. But it's like, is the guy in Invincible Art Rosenbaum, professional tailor to superheroes all over the world? I think it's, it's that very, guy. He very well could be. Yeah, I think... I, I picked it up in the store, and I, op- I opened the page randomly and saw the Wolfman in a costume, and I went, no. Yeah. Well, the costume, I, the, the costume wasn't that bad. Um, no, no. Well, I mean, I don't... I just... My thing with it is, if I continue to hear it's good, I will catch up on it, but, you know, for now... My, well, my thing with it is that it's not bad, but it's just not fleshed out. Um, yeah, it's just, it just, it's just like stuff is just happening, and I don't really know. Like, so he, so he, we find out that he's been training for three weeks. His wife doesn't really like it. He's building some sort of secret lair that the vampire guy has hypnotized all the construction workers to think they're building a mall. And so nice. it's, it's there's one page of his foreman telling, "I don't like this. I don't like having hypnotized workers," you know. And it's just one page of them building something. And then he gets the costume, and then he joins a fight with a, another team of superheroes. And then actually the big, you know, the, the shocking ending actually is that he, before he goes out on patrol, he decides to get it on with his wife and he turns back. While in wolf form? No, 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 while in human form, but he turns it into the wolf form but with no control. And he bursts out of the house and runs through the city and he runs into one of the superheroes and the superhero flies down and is like, hey, you know, it was great to work together. Thanks for, you know, like kind of that camaraderie of superhero kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, we know what's your name and blah, blah, blah. And then... <laughs> out of nowhere, the Wolfman just guts the guy. <laughs> the yeah. last, the last page is him putting his claw through his chest, and all entrails coming out, and that's how it ended. So, um, huh. so it's interesting what's going on. It's just moving very fast for me. Do so. you think this is in response to like Ant Man getting canceled? He's just writing as fast as he possibly can and move through the story. I'm going to tell this damn story no matter how many issues they give me. I, I would hope not because I don't think he's going to worry about that on Image, but uh, maybe yeah. who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that's an I've in- heard this. I've heard this described as Invincible Wolfman. It's it's a little of Invincible Wolf, man. A little bit, a little bit. I can't deny that. So anyway, right. well, if, if I will, I will jump on it if if I can hear good things about it. Yeah. So um, and so my, the other book I wanted to highlight this week was um, you know, on the hot off the tails of my pick last week of X Men 200, um, Uncanny X Men number 488 uh, came out this week, and it is not related to any of the events going on in X Men 200. Um, right. What we've got is we've got a separate team now of Warpath, Storm, and Caliban actually. Um, and there's a fourth, I believe, in there. Um, I forget exactly. In the t- oh, no, Hepzibah, Hep- Hep- whatever. The, um, Hepzibah, yeah. Hep- the Star Jammer, who was with uh, Christopher right. Summers, Corsair's wife or girlfriend. Well, there's also Nightcrawler, but he's not in the... Well, he's in. The, he's in, well. He's also he's in the book with with. Um, he's on the cover, but he's not with them in the tunnels. Um, he's actually right, but he's not. He's not on the mission. But he's on the team. Well, yeah, because he. If you let me get to it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> he um, Nightcrawler and Professor Xavier are. Um, they decide to. Uh, Professor Xavier decides that Nightcrawler is going to come with them. And they're going to go find Magneto. So because um, right. there's rumor that Magneto is back, and so Professor Xavier guesses the the, the plane, and they fly off. Intending and, to read the minds of everyone he comes in contact with to find Magneto. That was pretty much because he can't find Magneto on Cerebro. So yeah, like that's like he's he's become very morally gray. Did you buy this book? Yeah, you did. 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I thought here, I think here we're talking about no, it. Like I, I, thought, I, I jumped, <laughs> I jumped back on Uncanny with the second storyline, hoping that the, take, taking out of space, I'll be more interested in it. I'm not quite sure if I am or not. Fascinating. Okay, that's good. That, that I'm ma- still on the, I'm still on the fence. That makes a lot more sense now. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, no, Professor Xavier is a little more, more, um, more brazen with his powers. I guess now that he's got him back, you know. Um, so how are we gonna find him? I'm gonna read the minds of everyone we come in contact with. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I was oddly surprised to um, enjoy Depth Storm back on the team. Um, yeah, I like. Storm. Yeah, it's been. I normally I never really liked her. The art on this, I you know, like I remember Salvador Larocca as being really really good, and yeah, not well, he, not that this isn't, but it's different than what I remember. Well, it's it's completely different. He he did a couple issues of Superman a few months ago. Yeah. This is him doing painted style. Yeah. He's normally not a painter; he's just a regular penciler. Right. He's his, much better as a penciler. His Val Cooper looked awful. Yeah, she was ugly. Yeah, yeah. and she's not really you, not you know so. I did, did you notice? I don't know if you did or not. We got an email, which which was what alerted me. Yeah. This book cost four dollars. I didn't even notice that. Fascinating. They are adding an extra dollar to all the X Men books to, to to for the endangered species crossover. I'm okay with that. That's kind of annoying. I mean, I'm okay with that. Four dollars is a lot for a book. You know, even now. Right, but but but, but I mean, but how? I mean, if you break it down, I mean, twenty-two pages divided by three dollars is how much? You know, and then add on another eight pages. You know, the book mm-hmm. the books are thicker. You know, like that. I mean, right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too too you know steeped in the in the ways of business and know that things cost money and you know and it, you know I don't know. It's just, but you're, yeah, I see I see your point. Like, what if you didn't want that extra book? That, that extra you don't care about? Yeah, it? Yeah, if I'm not following Endangered Species and yeah. I'm really only going to be reading yeah. Uncanny and X Factor, I'm not going to be really following it. The follow up on Endangered Species is that, that that's the uh, crossover that's going on throughout the summer in, in the form of eight page backup stories and all the main X titles. Um, and last week we were talking about how Beast uh, held a conference call with all these supervillains. Um, and there's still the the the, the the, the page with all the faces made me laugh just thinking about them all yeah. commenting together. But um, we finally find we they explain who they were, and it turns out it was Doctor Doom, Mister Sinister, Sinister, Arnim Zola, uh, the High Evolutionary, which we which we guessed correctly. The ones that I was surprised that I didn't wasn't able to pick out was Pandemic, who I don't actually know who that is. Um, I assume there's somebody in New X Men or X Men or something like that. I was I don't know who that is. Um, Sugar Man, who was tied back to the Dark Beast and stuff, stuff in the '90s. Um, Spiral, who works for Mojo, and then Kavita Rao, Rowe, who is the Doctor from Astonishing, who found the cure. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that explains who all the villains are. You know. Now this made me laugh hard, and I'll tell you why. Why? Uh, you've got a you've got a bunch of villains on a conference call. You've got Doctor Doom, and you've got Armin Zola, and you've yep. got. Pandemic, and you got Mr. Sinister, Modoc, and then Sugar Man. Yeah, that's not very intimidating. Sugar Man. Well, look at those teeth. Sugar Man was never my favorite villain. <laughs> but did they run out of scary names? Yeah, I mean, Sugar Man was a bad. Period. Sugar's delicious. Yeah, Sugar Man was a bad from a bad period of the X Men. I I I, I, I have no defense of Sugar Man at all. Should be it could be Broccoli Man, something that you don't want to <laughs> like eat. Broccoli. But I want to I, like... I want to eat sugar a lot of it, and Sugar <laughs> Sugar Man's not intimidating. Diabetes Mr. Man. Sinister and Sugar Man. Diabetes Man. Oh, that's... Diabetes Man. Diabetes Man is more appropriate for a man who looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Um, so, Why don't but, you just but, call him Tasty, so it, Tasty Brownie Man? It was interesting to see what the supervillains' responses were um, in the context of um, as uh, Beast travels to go meet with the High Evolutionary on Wondegore Mountain. I like the idea of all the – none of the villains wanted to help, but you didn't know if it was because they didn't want to help or they just didn't want to admit they wanted to help in front of the other supervillains. Well, yeah, that was – I mean, that was what Beast's speculation was. They didn't want to save face. But what I thought what I thought was hysterical was some of the responses were just were great, was that, you know, like, Dr. Doom, it's like, you've nothing to offer me that I possibly need. He's like, plus, biology is not my forte. 
I'm not so strong in you know, and, math. And Modoc, in math. And Modoc is like, AIM intends to exploit the current situation in other ways. <laughs> like, what? And Mr. Sinister, you know, like, you, know, you, you yoke my genius to your blind gropings? I think not. Like, it just, it was great. <laughs> oh, and Sugar Man makes a, a sugar ref, a sugar pun. I didn't even yeah, realize that. a lot that. sweeter, yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to make the pill a lot sweeter, my good doctor. Yeah, oh. Is awful. he one of those villains? Yeah, and he's like, uh, he experiments with people and all that. It's awful. Anyway. Does he pour sugar in their gas tank? Yeah. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> That's the ultimate way to get at somebody. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so that's interesting. So apparently, he decided to go see the High Evolutionary because he he talks in a riddle. Right. <laughs> he says, "You will not reach the end of this quest, not if you begin it facing in the wrong direction." It's like playing World of Warcraft. And I, what I love is Beast actually going, "But what was he saying exactly?" <laughs> uh, I like I kind of like pieces of monologue type things. So it's pretty cool. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was. It was it, I mean, I'm I'm happy with the in the X Men world, so I'm okay with it. So I'm a little on the fence with this book, only because uh, I don't. You know, it's, it's still early in the storyline. I don't know if I love it or not, but yeah. I will say the four dollar price tag would put me if I'm on the fence looking for a reason to drop it. The four dollars would, would make me yeah, more likely to drop it than not. That's pretty steep. Ugh. Anyway, so yeah. so that's it for this week's books. It was a good time. Good week. Yeah, it was a good. I thought it was an okay week. Yeah, I spent a lot of money. I also, oh, I also picked up the David Laffam hardcover from Vertigo, um, Night Fish or Silverfish or something like that. Oh, I spent I spent seventy six dollars. Yeah, I, I spent hundred. I bought the Batman Ego hardcover yeah, for the yeah. Darwin Cook Collect the Tales, and I bought the new Invincible trade. I bought the, my last Invincible trade now that I'm back on issues. This this trade will get me up to speed, and then I'll be on issues forever. So, <laughs> Look at them on my shelf. They're beautiful. Yes, they are. Anyway, so. All right, cool. Well, um, right. Yeah, 4 dollars cover price on Uncanny will be tough, but there are ways you can save money other, in other places, Connor. Yes, if you like movies, you can go to the Netflix. They've got over 75,000 titles, and there's no late fees. It's free shipping. What you do is you go on the website, which is www.netflix.com, and you go put, pick your movies, and you, they send them right to your house, and then you watch them and send them right back, and it's free. Fast delivery. Um, they got plans starting as low as four ninety nine. And if, if you want a two-week free trial, you can go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboysupport, and you put all of it in there, including the www, and you get a two-week free trial. You can check them out. Um, go to www.netflix.com today and uh, see what everyone else that's cool has been seeing for quite a while. Excellent. I do love the Netflix. So, I enjoy it. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's dive into our email box, our inbox. Hey, the email's back. Yay. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So our first email comes from Tracy from Roanoke, Virginia, which I thought was the lost colony. But um, apparently people have populated. They've got email there. Yeah, they've got email. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody should ask them what happened. Tracy, what happened on that island? We're, we're dying to my fifth grade history class is dying to know. Um, okay, uh, Tracy asks, uh, do we read all the extra stuff at the end of trades? He asked because he recently read the first trade of That's Wolverine. girl, Tracy. Okay. She asks, um, how do you know that? Because I know. Okay. Tracy from Roanoke asks, do you read all the extra stuff at the end of trades? I asked because I recently read the first trade of Wolverine Origins and was disappointed in the printing of alternate settings for the story. I think this is because it disrupts the suspension of disbelief and impedes the establishment of a mythology in the reader's mind, i.e., oh yeah, these aren't real and anybody could have written it. I'm just curious on your personal takes. Oh, and someone might have asked you this. It's really juvenile, but if you could be any character from any book, who would it be? Tracy's guess is that I would be Wolverine, Connor would be Batman, and Josh would be some indie character like Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's answer the first question. Uh, do you read the extra stuff at the end of trades? Uh, sometimes. I think it has to do with, with what kind of person you are. There's, there's, this uh, also applies to DVD extras. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to make the comparison that to me – 
the stuff in the back of trades are like DVD extras, and I, I love watching DVD extras, and I love reading stuff in the back of trades. And actually, there's a, a, a trend in the opposite direction of books like um, Criminal from Brubaker and, and – and, um, Sean, Sean Phillips. I was going to say Sean Casey, but he's a first baseman on the Tigers, right? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was looking at the standings before the podcast. Anyway, so um, I was, uh, so Brubaker and Criminal, they printed none of the extras that appeared in the issues in the trade, and actually the trade just has the stories. Um, oh, really? And some other books like, um, I think uh, Fraction is doing that with Casanova. Um, some other books are doing this in a way to get people to buy the single, to give them a little extra reason to buy the single issues. issues. And I don't know how I feel about that. You know, like it's it's yeah. kind of a reversal of fortunes in that regard. You know, which is. Well, I think that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, the, the way I look at a collected trade is it's a collection of all the material having to do with that title, and that's what I want to read. You know. I think there's two kinds of people in in regard of some people want to go behind the curtain and some people don't. Yeah. You know, some people just don't want to have the magic ruined for them. Some people say that the DVD extras are are helping to take away the magic of the movies. You yeah. Know, awesome. you, see all, you see you see all the CGI. You see how the movie that this death. You see how the character was made in the computer. You see how the stunt was done. Right. There's, it's harder to, to, to really immerse yourself in the world when you know how it's all done. Right. I, as someone who loves that stuff, I, I don't mind. But some people I know do don't, don't watch the extras, don't read the extra things, don't, don't want to know how things are Yeah, well, I mean, that's the great thing. They'll be forcing you to watch it or to read it. So, yeah. yeah. So. I, I, I read it sometimes if I'm really, really interested in it. Um, so. so, all right. So, if um, if I could be any character, I wouldn't be Wolverine, even though I have the sideburns. I'd probably be Cyclops. Yeah, I guessed that. Um, yeah. I again, I'm gonna have to go with Nightwing. All right, and she's really she's really close on these. You know, she's like right off the bullseye. Yeah, yeah. and Josh wouldn't be Morpheus. He'd be more like Snapper Car or Rick Jones. <laughs> all right. No. <laughs> he would be. He you know he'd be John Constantine. I bet. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So why not? I wonder if he can um, pull off the trench coat. Okay. Anyway, he he might. Craig Craig, formerly from Oklahoma, is now from Kansas. He oh, moved. glad to hear. Uh, Craig writes says, "I was wondering what you all thought of the cross gen line of comics. I don't recall ever, you ever talking about it much. I had never really heard of it until recently when I bought some clearance trade paperbacks called Forge, which are a collection of several of the titles they put out. After a little Wikipedia reading, I found some history in the company and how they are no more, having gone bankrupt and eventually sold." But there are several big names attached to the work, including Ron Mars, Greg Land, and Mark Wade. I have yet to read all of the stuff, but I really got into the title Sojourn, which is some really nice art by Greg Land. Unfortunately, the series was left on a cliffhanger and has not been resolved due to the company going bankrupt and selling the rights to Disney. Anyways, I was just curious if you had ever read Sojourn or any of the cross-gen titles and what we thought of the books. Yeah, he kind of answers his own question. Why don't we talk about the line? Because they went bank- it went bankrupt about a year before we started doing the show. Right, exactly. Well, did you ever read any of the books when it was around? I read Ruse, okay. which was uh, Mark Wade and Butch Geis's, uh, Geis's yeah. They had some great uh, names out there. They had, um, you know, George Perez was there for a while, and you know, some... they 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 emerged with a big splash. They bought a lot of the ta- they 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 got. Perez and Wade and they what, got what I think is, and Chuck they stole Chuck Dixon. What I think never, is he, what I think is interesting is that on top of those big names that they that they brought out was that they also brought in a bunch of young talent that we're talking about now. You know, like uh, yeah. uh, uh, Steve Niles and Jim Chung and so, people yeah. like that were were um, came out of Cross Gen, which is which is interesting as well. It yeah. was definitely an interesting experiment in comic book making. They tried to make the, the, the Mark Alessi, the guy who who started it, tried to run it like a business. Like they had to be in at nine, they finished at five, and you had to do a certain amount of work in the, between and they got they got a salary and they got benefits and, and, and that was really enticing to some people they all had to work in the same office yeah they all had to move the floor um, right? but, you know, the, the books never really sold 
it, they were they were fantasy based, and you know, fantasy is just not a big genre anymore in comics. Um, I never read a single issue. So. I read Ruse because it was it was a take on Sherlock Holmes, and it was Mark Wade, and it was actually quite quite. Yeah, fun, I heard it was but, good. Um, yeah. So. Uh, also, Mark Alessi was the most intimidating man in comics for about a year. <laughs> yes, he was. He's very scary. <laughs> but that's why you don't hear about Crossing because they're no more. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so our next email comes from Sully. Um, who says, I posit this. Batman as a character seems most effective when told in stories out of continuity. For some reason, Batman is one of the only characters that constantly gets limited series that are not canon. And I don't mean Elseworlds, like what if Bruce Wayne were Canadian books. I mean books that could fit into various stages of his career, but don't have to match current continuity. Look at Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Dark Moon Rising, Batman Grendel, Trinity, the entire Legend series, and of course, Dark Knight Returns. For whatever reason, Batman just lends itself to the single-story series which can be totally self-contained. Maybe one thing that helps is that Batman is so well-known it's totally unnecessary to explain who he is or his origin. Everyone knows it. But if you ask your mom why Green Arrow fights, but ask your mom why Green Arrow fights crime. Batman is one of my favorite characters in comic done, but I don't regularly buy any of his series. I don't think it would take away from the character if suddenly he had no monthly book, but instead had regular limited series telling standalone stories. I admit that Long Halloween can be seen as canon, but just as someone else's version of it. But hopefully you still understand my point. Well, those are those are mighty big words on 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 the, if, on the bat guy. Yeah, if Bruce Wayne was Canadian, he'd have health insurance. Um, <laughs> uh, I I take issue with with the premise of his of his theory, which is that these books are not continuity. Uh, well, no, but anyth- they're, they're, anything they're, is continuity in in my mind. Right, but what I think he means is that they're not like you know, Long Halloween takes place after Dark Victory takes place after you know, Dark Knight Return. You know what I mean? Like they're not you know they're not sequential stories in terms of serial storytelling. You know, right. you know, like you know, they are miniseries and there's there's sequential storytelling in that regard, but they don't fit into the greater ongoing continuity. You know, like right. on, well, I'm th- on a monthly basis. I think he I think he has a great point. I mean I but I No, don't... he has a good point that you know what somebody once said, I don't remember who it was, but it was somebody in the industry that said that every writer in comics has a Batman story. Yep. Yeah. For some reason the character of Batman lends itself to almost any genre, any time period, any sort of idea you can transport that idea of the young child seeking, you know, revenge on his parents' murder, uh, to anywhere and right. it works. And for right. some reason he's just elastic in that he can fit and and, and, it, and it's entertaining and it's fun and and you don't you know you don't have to there's not too much to worry about you can't do that with a lot of other characters and I I almost say the only other character that could pull it off would probably be, be Spider Man because he's yeah. known yeah. his origin like for example on a whim I picked up the Marvel Adventures uh, Spider Man number twenty nine this week just because I had the great gargoyle on it um, and that was written by Peter David but it's complete it's a kids book it's made the kids but it's completely out of continuity it's just taking what the the essence of Spider Man is he's a kid with powers and he's a student and he's got to fight and stuff like that and it just works you know like it's not you know like it it you you can you can tell a timeless Spider Man story um, without you know really thinking about the monthly books as well. You know, so. Yeah, no, it's it's just something about the character and Spider-Man maybe too that you can just do that. But I think that any, I think the whole idea of continuity is is in my mind the, the Batman Year One is in continuity. It's not in the official, quote unquote, official DC continuity, but in my mind it is. It doesn't right, and actually that's interesting because Batman Year One actually took place in the ongoing monthly book. So yeah, exactly. if, you if you didn't if you didn't have the monthly book, then then you wouldn't have gotten that story. But of course, that was twenty years ago, and things are different now. And yeah, need, so I think. I think some people not. I'm not talking about Sully, but some people just need to not worry about what is and isn't official and just enjoy the stories. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Good advice. So, yeah. um, so I would. Lo- I would love to read the Long Halloween though. Uh, um, I gotta borrow that from you. I still haven't read it. Yeah. So that's very good. Anyway, 
All right, cool. So if you have any questions and you'd like to email us, you can go to, you can, you go to your email client and, email, and type in contact.ifanboy.com and send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. And, and those of you who have written in um, have gotten a large amount of responses from us as we recently caught up for the past couple of uh, weeks, months of emails. And um, we're almost we're almost caught up. Yeah, we're almost caught up, but we we respond to everything. So if you don't hear from us, stay tuned. So eventually, eventually. Yes. Youbuynow.com <laughs> is uh, your spot in the web for toys, action figures, collectibles, and prop replicas. Check out your the excellent selection of DC Direct, Marvel Legends, Master Replicas, Star Wars figures, and more. That's youbuynow.com. Why are you? Buynow.com. All right, let's dive into the voicemail. Um, our first voicemail um, has got a little bit of anger. Hey, fanboys, this is Matt from. Simi Valley, California. Um, just wanted to kind of let out my anger about uh, Action Comics 851. Um, I was reading it, thinking that it was going to be the conclusion to the story, and I, you know, in the middle of the book, I was thinking, oh, this, you know, I was remembering why it was so good. The art's fun, the writing's well done. It's, you know, it's an, it's an interesting story, but it's just, it drove me insane seeing that. This wasn't the conclusion. There's still a two, another issue to go. And it's probably going to take another four or five months for the stupid issue to come out. So, I don't know. Just wanted to kind of rant on it, wondering what your thoughts were about the book. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. That was the calmest rant I've ever heard. <laughs> but it was a rant, nonetheless. <laughs> no, it was a rant, but it was like, I just want to express my anger I'm just, and not ever raise my voice. But the thing is, is that I felt his pain, though. I did feel No, he, he sounded beaten down, definitely. Yeah. Um, did you get Action Comics this week? No, I, I'm done with it was that. The, it was the 3D issue, by the way. Yeah, I thought about it for about a second. The 3D, I got to play with the 3D um, in the store, and it, it, it was really, it was really well done. I heard that it was well done, but it was well done. Yeah. But the, the the observation, I'm um, I'm actually in San Francisco, and I was at Isotope, and Jared at Isotope, his his observation about it was, I don't understand why it's 3D. Like, what does it have to do with the story? Which, yeah, is, I, which is, I think is, is a great point, you know, which is a big thing to worry about in that, in that case. Um, so, Matt, you're actually probably going to get more angry to f- when you find out that this story is not concluding within Action Comics. It's <laughs> just inclu- concluding uh, in Action Comics Annual, the next one that comes out. They just they completely they, fumbled this ball. It's so off. The, that, that title's so off the rails they had to take it out of, out of the book and finish it outside the book. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, this, this whole Donner experiment, while it was great to announce San Diego last year, just completely blown up in their that was last year. Yeah. We're almost at the next con. And you know what I th- and they even finished their first arc. And you know what I think is funny is that, honestly, I don't, th- I don't really think anybody cares. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't I care. Don't. Yeah, it's like, oh, whatever. It's you know, to be expected. It's frustrating. Then again, I'm not a big action comic. No, I mean, I don't care in that I'm not angry because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I'm, ap- I'm, a- I'm apathetic, which is worse than being angry. Yeah. If I was angry, I'd at least care about the book. But DC fumbled Superman's relaunch so badly that I just don't care. That's a very anymore. good point. Oh, God, awful. All right. All right. Uh, our, our, next, our next voicemail has uh, to say thank you. Hey, guys. My name is Robin, and this isn't a question or anything, just a comment. Um, I've been involved with comics pretty much my whole life, but a couple of years ago, I really just stopped buying them. I lost interest in comic books. And uh, yesterday, through an inexplicable chain of events, stumbled upon your guys' webcast on Revision 3, and just, it was like the light turned on, and I was stood up and went, what have I been doing with my life? I've been wasting it by not reading comics. Just was totally inspired and, and excited about it. Ran out to the nearest comic book store, bought Strangers in Paradise and Runaways and a couple other trades, and 
on the way home was so pumped that I couldn't actually wait to drive all the way back home, pull off at a park, just read through all of them, had to go back and buy the rest of a lot of those series. And it's just been fantastic. So while my bank account probably is angry at you all, I'm just really pumped to be back and enjoying comics. You've rekindled my love for comic books, so thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Bye. Oh, that just warms the heart. But um, I, I got to say, I love the the idea of her pulling off to a rest area to read her comics. <laughs> it's just like it's like like an attic. I want I want to know what the inexplicable chain of events are that led her to our show. Exactly. Like, how do you accidentally stumble into it? <laughs> like she she walked into her apartment with a lot of packages and like she couldn't see and she tripped over the cat and she fell on the computer and, and somehow clicked. Like you know, brought up revision three in our show, and what's this? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'm very, I'm not going to question it. But um, so Robin, we're glad to have you aboard. We were uh, kind of off air. We were discussing whether she knew this audio podcast exists, and we hope she does. Um, but um, if you know Robin, tell her to listen to this. But <laughs> um, it's nice. It's nice to hear somebody so pumped about it. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's that kind of energy that we sometimes forget being in it for some for you know so many years that we you know comics are really fun and they're really good. So and we're glad to be yeah. able to spread that to to another person. So yeah, so absolutely. thank you, Rob. So all right, and in our last voicemail, I find a little vindication. Hey guys, this is uh, Tom O'Connor over in Redford, Michigan, a relatively new listener and. I originally called in to get all purple pants on Ron for uh, picking X-Men 200 instead of the awesome Sinestro Chorus, the pick of the week. But uh, then once my anger subsided, I actually sat down and read the issue, and lo and behold, it's actually pretty decent. And this is coming from a guy who uh, probably hasn't enjoyed an X-Book in 15 years. So uh, just wanted to let you guys know that uh, it is safe to indeed drink the X-Men Kool-Aid this time around. The issue is actually fairly decent. So... While I may not have picked it as my number one, it did get my number two. So uh, other than that, uh, keep up the good work, and I'll keep listening. Thanks. Bye. Talk about some reluctant praise. Uh, you know, if you people just listen to me and trust me, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've actually been doing yeah. this. I've been doing this for a few years. I actually, you know, like, God, all you people, you're bashing on the X-Men. God, it's, it was a good issue. It was fun. So, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. It was, you know, it was pretty good. <laughs> So um, well, I'm glad Tom didn't go all purple pants on me, like he said. Astro rocked the house, man. So I got the thing. The thing. What I wanted to say about this voicemail is that what people don't realize and what we don't do is mention the fact that how close it is between what is actually the pick and what the runner-up is. Oh, absolutely. And, and if and if if it was a photo finish last week on that, honestly, so I love the shit out of Sinestro because of the Sinestro core. I read it like several times over after I, after I read it the first time. They should get to see us agonizing over the stack of books. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's the thing. Like so a lot of times, it's not like oh. Well, that's obviously the one. Like we we mull and agonize and 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 you know talk to each other. Should it be this one? Should it be that? You know, like it's very it's a very difficult decision. So you know, yeah. don't think that we just do it all willy nilly and just go with what our heart says. You know, like it like and actually, if anything, all the crap I get about picking X Men makes me not pick them, and I've got to fight that because then I'd be like, wait, I don't want external people to influence my decision and all that. You know, yeah, you've got to pick the best one. You yeah. can't go with what it's crazy. So anyway. your pick of the week, damn it. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. So if you have any comments on uh, last last week's X Men 200 or this week's Uncanny or any other books or anything we talk about in the show, you can call in and leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 Fanboys. That's three two six two six nine seven. 
Well, that's that's the show. Yeah. Well, forget to head over to ifanfoy.com to check out the uh, discussion there about uh, this week's books. You can read my, uh, Connor's review of the pick of the week and um, what other people thought were the picks. Um, yep, and if you want to send us an email, you can do that at contact at ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail, one eight 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 fanboys which is 326-2697, with any comments or questions or topics of discussion or anything you really feel like getting off your chest. And as Robin mentioned in the voicemail earlier, we do a video show, um, which comes out every Wednesday around uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, our folks, our friends at Revision3.com put it out for us. And if you also go to Revision3.com slash iFanboy, you can find it. And we've got a great show coming up this week. Some of you might remember us talking about going to Charlotte to go to Heroes Con. Well, yes. you can see what Heroes Con is all about. So, um, oh, yeah. so check that out on, on Wednesday. And um, if you uh, want to tell us where you're from and show some pride, you can go to the Frapper map, which is F-R-A-P-P-R dot com slash iFanboy. You can stick your pin in the map, which, show us where you're from. And, which we, uh, we used to you know, kind of give some shout-outs and stuff like that. I, used to, I think we're going to bring that back in a couple of weeks because um, I've been playing with Frapper, and I think I figured it out now. And so, um, Oh, really? Yeah, so you, so stand up and be counted, folks, in the iFanboy. Oh, so if we start bringing that back, I'm sure uh, It'll be fun. that'll be a nice little retro twist to the show. And also, if you like to play around on the interweb, you can go to myspace.com slash ifanboy or comicspace.com slash ifanboy, or you can go to Facebook uh, and search for ifanboy, or you can go to verb.com slash ifanboy and be our friends in all those various places. Yes. Um, and if you'd like the show, you can vote for us at Podcast Alley, or you can write a review on iTunes for either this show or the uh, video show. We always like to hear the reviews and see, the, see what people write. Or you can uh, tell your friends, tell, uh, tell your mom or your comic book store owner or your, your comic book reading buddy or your girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah. And you can also go to dig.com in their podcasting section. They have got a section there you can go and dig the show and dig the individual episodes. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, the word. Yeah, definitely. The, uh, any, any word spreading is much appreciated. Um, and also, if you dig what we're doing, if you like what we like what we give to you as product, you can head over to ifanboy.com slash donations, and you could make a donation to the cause. Um, we're working, you know, we got a lot of fun stuff lined up with the video show, and San Diego is approaching. Um, and we got to keep your ears out for the San Diego stuff. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff, um, a lot of stuff uh, going on in San Diego. So keep your ears and eyes posted um, for announcements in the next couple upcoming weeks about uh, how you can interact with ifanboy if you're in San Diego. So that, that's it for this week's show. But there's another show this week if you uh saw transformers like we did we did a transformers special edition show and that's on the feed um yep. if you get the show off itunes you can go look back on the feed it's right behind this one or, or um go right to ifanboy.com and directly download it there but we did a special edition movie show on transformers yeah be sure to uh, be sure to check it out um it was it was a it, uh, conversation about transformers was interesting so <laughs> yeah very it was very interesting josh is on that one we're all three together for that one and it's a very mm, passionate discussion yes at indeed. times <laughs> yeah so um all right cool well, i'm gonna go read marvel adventure spider-man and get me some more gray gargoyle love um, you and your freaking Greg Gargoyle. I don't know if Peter David knew he was French because there's not a French accent. <laughs> well, that's not, that's how Chris Claremont writes. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, phonetically. Phonetically, exactly. All right, cool. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Bye bye.